Hello and welcome to Logos in Life Community Church, where the revelation of God's Word meets life application, where you have the freedom to worship and serve. If you ever find yourself in Shreveport, Louisiana, we would love for you to join us. But for now, join us for a message that is already in progress. See, your, your Bible should say, shout here. <laughs> but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Yeah. Yeah. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he yeah. delivered, and he will deliver us. On him, we have set our hope that, we will, that he will deliver us again. Amen. You also must help us by prayer. So that many will give thanks on our behalf for your blessing granted us, and for the blessing granted us through the prayers of me. Amen. Amen. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord shall remain always. Amen. Please be seated. In the name of the Lord, we're going to pray. Then we're going to give our declaration, and we're going to get a word from the Lord. Amen. Amen. Most honorable, loving God and Father, we say thank you today for being in our company, for being in the midst. Father, for we are here in your house, and we want to say thank you for the presence that fill this house, your people that fill this house, and we would love for you to receive the praises that we offered up to you today in this house. God, thank you so much for every family member that's represented here today, those that um, are here and any that are on their way, and God, right now, I just pray a special blessing over each and every last one of us that our minds be made open, our hearts be made ready, our hands be made anxious to receive the word of the Lord. God, bless the service today. Bless the sermon today. Let it go out and be application for those that need it and not just information. Father, we love you today. We love you so much. Father, I also want to say, use me <coughs> as your vessel. Yes, God. God, I'm not worthy for you to use me, but the fact that you are, I say thank you. God, right now, let this word reach the ears of those in here. Let it reach the crevices all the way in California, and let this word reach all across the world, God. God, thank you so much for all that you're doing in my life, in the lives of everyone in here, and any that come through those doors. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So today I want to make a proclamation. Um, I would say this is the sermon title, but it's more of a declaration. I'm declaring something based on the text we've read. I'm right. making a proclamation. I'm claiming something to be true. So your title or the proclamation today is God is in trouble. All right, all right. Now God is not in trouble in the sense that he's done something wrong and he needs to be bailed out. God is not in trouble in the sense that he has done something wrong and now he has to answer to someone else. God is not in trouble because he's insufficient or because he has failed. God is in trouble because he's in it with us. All right. Hold on, hold on. God is in trouble. Tell your neighbor, God in trouble. God, God is in trouble. He is a mighty God. He is an awesome God. But the, the, the scripture writer says that he is a present help in times of trouble. The, the, the Bible wants us to think of trouble a little differently, but he don't want trouble to bother us so much that it removes us and takes us and drifts us away from him because we will all have trouble. Yeah. 
Even when Jesus was about to leave, he turned and he told them in John, he says, let your heart not be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. So he was letting them know that trouble will come. You may be of a few days, but those days are full of trouble. But doesn't it make you feel good that our God isn't running from our trouble? Doesn't it make you feel good that you serve a God that trouble don't run off? Doesn't it make you feel good that we got a God that's in the trenches with us? Yeah. Here we are in 2 Corinthians. What happened is Paul has already written in 1 Corinthians, and I would just like to say they will be labeled as a dysfunctional church. They had a lot of division. They yeah, yeah. had a lot of idolatry. They, they served a handmade God called Aphrodite later. They called one um, Artemis. There was different gods that they made with their hands. And so Paul has written his first letter to let them know that God is not pleased with some of the stuff they're doing. And now they are not happy with it. Paul was not popular, especially when Paul tells them that any God that you made with your hands is not a God at all. So now they got a problem with Paul. Then they begin to spread an untruth about Paul. They said that how can Paul truly be called and every time we turn around, he's going through something? How can Paul really be a messenger of God and every time I turn around, he's suffering? How can Paul be called and he's either shipwrecked or locked up? He's either getting something whipped on or something thrown at him. It, it seemed like, well, how can you be a man of God and you always going through something? This is what they begin to spread in Corinth. Of how can you align suffering and the Savior in the same body? So Paul now writes 2 Corinthians to refute what they are saying about it. Hello, somebody. Now we're in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, if you look at verses 3 through 8, Paul is refuting what they're saying by telling them about the God of all comfort. He's telling them about the God of all comfort. From verse three through three through seven, he says the word comfort 10 times as a way of getting them to understand I am suffering, but I got a God that's with me. And that word comfort there means in the Greek to be called by one side. He's basically saying when I'm in trouble, I got somebody that has been called to my side. Doesn't it make you feel good to let you know whatever trial you are facing, God is right there with you. Whatever tribulation you are facing, God is right there with you. Whatever trouble you've been faced with, he has been, not only is he there, he has been called to be there, which means he's going to be right there by your side. He's not just with you just not to leave you or forsake you. He's there because he wants to be by your side when you need him the most. The God of all comfort. In those first verses, you will also see that God's response to dependency is comfort. If you're struggling, you're stressing, you got a lot on your shoulders, when you depend on God, he'll give you a peace that surpasses your understanding. This is how Paul begins (laughs) to write this letter. Amen? Let's go on and jump in the text because y'all looking at me like I stole a hand from Walmart. (laughs) 
Paul is not refuting the facts. When we look at verse 8 and 9, it says, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction that we experience in Asia. Let me help you. Number one, in trouble, God is preparing us. God is preparing us. In trouble. God is in trouble, but he uses trouble to prepare us. Look at what Paul says, verse 8. He says, we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction that we experience in Asia Minor. Oh, he, he turns around and says this. The suffering that they're referring to, let me tell you about it. Yeah, yeah. How about I put it to you like this? Because y'all want me to preach like a TV preacher. I won't take my time, but y'all want me to preach. Here we go. Paul right here is saying, isn't it ironic how the same trouble and trial God used to develop you, your enemy will try to use to discredit and destroy you? How God is using suffering to prepare you, but the people are using suffering to disqualify you. People using what you're going through to say, I don't have to listen to you. Using what you're going through to say, you couldn't have heard from God. Look at what you're going through. Or Paul is saying, I must have heard from God. Look at what I'm going through. When you look at verse 8 and 9, you'll see Paul's problems. Paul's problems. Here we go. Oh, thank you, Lisa. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our own strength. Can, can, can I stop right there and just teach it? Yeah, okay, thank y'all. Thank you, little guys. We bad. I'm bad. I'm just going to teach you. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our own strength. First of all, he's saying, I don't have enough strength. Yeah. Have you ever been so burdened down that you couldn't lift it off your own self? You ever been so burdened down it felt like you were drowning? Yeah. You ever been so burdened down that you says, I have no hope of actually living through this? <laughs> and, and we tend to say God won't put no more on you than you can bear. Tell Paul that. Paul was about to give up. Paul says, God has put more on me. God, come on now. Jonah was about to throw in the towel. Jonah was in a fish for three days. He even goes so deep, Ricky, to say, I even had seaweed wrapped around. He said, and it got so bad, he, and I'm already swallowed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A seaweed? Really, dude? I can't get out this fish, God says. I know. Jonah couldn't do it by himself. So all of this, God won't put no more. That's for a t-shirt. That's not faith. Because God will put more on you than you can bear. To show you that you can't do this on your own. To show you that you don't have the strength to move the mountain. It takes faith and the power of God to move the mountain. Because in trouble, God is preparing you. Thank you, Abbey. You should have said preacher for preacher. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Not only did I recognize that I had no strength, I didn't have enough strength to win this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't saying I didn't have enough strength to win. Yeah. He was saying I didn't have enough strength to fight. My God, my God. That we despaired of life itself. Despair means we lost all hope. Yeah. At this time, they're believing that Paul has now been stoned and left for dead. 
Nobody's trying to help him. Nobody's come to his rescue. He's been stoned and left for dead. Paul is saying right now, let me tell you what happened in Asia Minor. Actually, I need to tell you it's worse than they told you. Yes, I was going through it. Yes, I couldn't get myself out of it. Yes, I wanted to give up. But pastor, you just said God in trouble is trying to prepare me. I don't see in this verse how he's preparing me. Let's go to nine. Indeed, we felt like we had received a sentence of death. Have you ever been going through so much that you just, you could, ain't no way out of this. You ever been going through so much you just couldn't figure your way through? You in your smart, educated mind, you in your highly educated self, you with all the money you got in the bank, you with all the connections you got in the city, you with all the things that you possess, you couldn't figure it out. Wow, my Lord, my Lord. Paul says, I must have perceived a destiny because I was on a ship headed to do the ministry, and then I got shipwrecked. I was in the courtyard teaching about Jesus, then I got arrested. Then they threw me in jail on trumped up charges, and I never got out, but guilty people did. I must got a death sentence. God is preparing us in order that he may prepare others. When you read back in verse, verse 4, he says that who comforts us all in all affliction so that we be, may be able to comfort those who are in affliction with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by. Wow, right. so, so basically, in order for God to qualify me to prepare you, he got a first. Okay. In order for God to put me in a situation that I can tell you about his comfort, I gotta be in a situation that I need his comfort. See, many of us, many of us want the ministry without the mess. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Many of us want the faith without the storm. Because you won't trust God until God has brought you through something. You won't trust God until God is the only thing, the only hand you can grab. Actually, he's the only hand that's reaching towards you. Because during a fire, not many people run towards it. But God says that in trouble is where I show up for you the best. Oh, I wish I could tell somebody today, somebody in here right now, walked away from trouble to come to church. And you in church right now with your mind on your trouble. But God is saying, I'm using your trouble to develop you, not to destroy you. Thank you, Lord. Look at what he says. This is called the testimony of how he did it for you. So they can see you. And when you can tell them what I did for you, they can receive it and get the same. Okay. Basically, let my suffering be your instruction. I used to tell people all the time, and it's a truthful statement, I lived in Jacksonville, Florida. Right before God convicted me and convinced me to come back home, I was homeless. I was living in my car. I wasn't doing drugs. I wasn't on alcohol. I wasn't selling dope. I just made bad choices with my money, and I was full of pride. And well, I wasn't going to come home and all this other type of stuff. But what happened is God is sitting here letting me know that you can tell somebody else about how you was too prideful to come home and then tell them how I delivered you. So which basically he's letting me tell, he's telling me that I, everybody shouldn't have to be
be homeless to trust him. Let what I've gone through help you go through. That's right. My wife and I stand up here and cry almost every year about something that we've gone through that he's put us, he's brought us through it. Right, right. That we may help bring somebody else through it. Because he left us as the evidence that he delivered us. Thank you, God. As the evidence that we trusted him. Why? Because God is in trouble. I don't know about you. If you don't get nothing else, you can walk out of here with your chest out, your head high, walking with a sense of confidence. Why? Because my God is in my trouble. He's not in trouble, but he's in trouble. I hope I'm helping somebody today. Yes, sir. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Let your example be somebody else's instruction. Yeah. What I never understand is how everybody falls in the same hole. <laughs> My Lord. Help today. How everybody falls <laughs> in the same hole, hole Jeff. Mm. You walk, I can tell you how people fall in the same hole. Because the one that got out the hole didn't put up a sign and say, here's a hole. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. How everybody get bit by the same snake? Because the first one that saw a snake didn't put up a sign and say, beware of, okay, I'm with you. Or how many of you didn't, okay, let, 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 let me. Why is it that in church, so many of us are falling in the same holes, getting bit by the same snakes? Because we are not sharing our suffering as a way of being dependent upon God. That's right. Say that, baby. Oh! We just look at suffering the wrong way. We think because I'm saved, I don't want to go through that. We think because I'm baptized and I know Jesus, then if I'm baptized and I'm blessed, I shouldn't have mess. But how are you going to have a message without me? Oh God. That's good. Notice I didn't say how you gonna have a message without being messy. No. Some mess will come in your life. Yeah. That God gotta work through you, work out for you, and grow you in it. Right, right. But this is what he's saying right now. In trouble, I am preparing you. Isn't that what the text said? Who comforts us in all affliction? So that we may be able to comfort those who are in. Okay, let me let me put it to you like this. <clears throat> we may not be going through the exact same thing, but the fact that he delivered me out of whatever I was going through yeah, yeah. should deliver you and give you hope and dependence on anything you go. Notice he didn't say um, after these. Um, had a financial issue and now she can only help people with financial issues. Now I'm making this up. Right, right. That's not what they're saying. It's saying the dependence she got from trusting God and that God prepared her, she is now sharing that comfort with you yeah, yeah. that any situation you may have, it would cover that too. Yeah, yeah. That word any just stood out to me. Yeah. Number one, in trouble, God is preparing you. Yes, sir. Number two, in trouble, God wants you to depend on him. Amen. In trouble, <coughs> God wants you to depend on him. Amen? Amen. Pastor, what does it say there at? Verse 9, please. 
Verse 9 says, But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raised the dead. Well, he was basically saying, what I suffered, my inflictions, my sickness, my troubles, my trials, they were not to give me a sentence of death. They were to make sure I relied on God and not on me. Right. Oh, now, keep in mind, the person who's writing this is the same Paul that had a thorn in his side. Right. And that was the same Paul that asked God and pleaded to God and begged to God, God, can you please remove this thorn? And what did, G, what did God tell him? He says, I can't remove it because the thorn has a purpose. Right. Oh, he says, I left it there to humble you. Can I tell you something right now? Some of the things that God is putting you through, he can't remove. Or he can't remove you out of it too fast because it has a purpose. Some of you are praying for a new car, and God is saying, if I give you a new car, you will never pray again. Because every day before you start this hoopty, you say, Father, hello, somebody. God probably won't give you a new house. Because every time you turn on the water, because you know your area got flood issues and water issues and drainage issues and trees falling on the lights going out and the cable going out all the time. And every time you turn around, power going out. So every time you walk into that house, before you flip that switch, you say, Father. God, God may be saying, I probably can't leave you to this house, leave you from this house, because you will stop depending on me. You'll stop depending on AEP. You'll start depending on Toyota and Mercedes and all these other folks instead of me. I can't move you off that job. Because the hell that you catching on that job from the people that you keep trying to avoid, because then them same people that say, whoo, y'all making me pray, God going, you got it. I always tell folk when I see folk, I used to turn around and go to my office, oh Lord, I do not want to deal with this. <laughs> <laughs> God was saying, I didn't put them there to change your course. I put you there, I put them there so you can depend on me. So you will know no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So you will know that I was with you. Just like I was with David, I'll be with you. David says, yea, that I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Then he tells why. Because thou art with hell somebody. I can walk past my haters. Oh, I can walk past my haters and not check my back. Because God got my front. He ordained my steps in the front. And he got my protection in the back. Why? Because there's a purpose. There's a purpose for the pain. There's a, there's a purpose for it. He says that, that, that I didn't do this to make you know more about you. I didn't do this to make you more reliant on self. First of all, I did this to let you know you are not able. <laughs> He's saying that I did this to create a, 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 self, a self-deficiency so you can see how useless you are to you. So there's a purpose for my problems. Yeah, yeah. And he's doing this so I can see how inadequate I am right. in fixing stuff with my own hands. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh. 
See, that's what we do. That's what we tend to do, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we tend to do, men and women, that once we, we pray to God to get us out and then to get us out the storm, and at the first sign of, of light, we grab the wheel and say, God, I, I, I got it from here. And God was like, no, you're not out of the storm. You just see that the storm is clear, but there's another storm on the horizon. And, and, and me showing you the light is my way of showing you that I'm with you. Is my way of showing you I'm preparing you. Is my way of showing you that you depending on me. It is my permission to take the wheel. Right, right, right. That's good. That's good. But then he says, <laughs> then he says, not only who is preparing me, but is, he's making me, he wants me to depend on him. He says who he is. Yeah. Yes, God. Yeah. You know how some of y'all say, oh, God is good. But have you ever put who raises the dead behind anything you call God? Because that just doesn't mean that he will. He's saying right here that God will. But when he say the God who raises the dead, that means he can. Okay, don't worry about it. Have you ever said, who gave you the job? Oh, the God that raises the dead. Oh, hello, somebody. Who healed your body? Oh, that God that kept his word. Who healed your body? That God that came down here, wrapped in the word, called flesh. He was all human and all God at the same time. Oh, have you ever had in his deity who he is when you describe him? Who got you out of that storm? Oh, the God that raised the dead. The God that raised his son on the third day, just like he said. The same God that raised Lazarus. The same God that got Jairus' daughter up. The same God that got me. Who gave you that job? Oh, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, the one who was there for Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the one who left. Oh, come on. Can you see? You got to know something about this God that's preparing you because how can you depend on him if he ain't brought you through nothing? Don't let the hell you catch and send you to hell when the hell you catching is about you seeing heaven. Yeah. That's, good. That's, good. That's good. And I want to let you know, this word is just for the people in the house. God shut the internet down for those that have been counting so much on the internet and just being at bedside Baptist. He's saying, come to church. Yeah. It ain't that you couldn't come, it's just that you wouldn't come. That's yeah. two different things. And so he shut the internet down today, probably just in here, to make sure that those here yeah. woo, yes, would hear yeah. that he is God yes, in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And they missed all this preaching. <laughs> Better get the pocket. Oh, hello, somebody. Hey. And I'm behind on them. <laughs> Can you say God will? God will. Now watch this. Isn't it awesome to know that God will? Yes, <laughs> But isn't it also to know that God can? Yeah. You know, He's a God that does exceedingly, abundantly. Watch this. Listen to what you're Don't just say it. You repeat the scripture. I want you to hear the truth. He is able. That means he can. To do exceedingly, that means more. More than you can ask. Which means God wants to do more from you than you know he wants to do. And more from you that you think are able to think to ask him to do. He's saying that that's the God I'm depending on. The one that 
That's the God that delivers me. Yeah. What God? The God that raised the dead. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And see, and he had to say the God that raised the dead because they were serving Aphrodite. Yeah. Uh -huh. And they were serving um, the other God that's actually there today. Uh, um, a handmade God. Yeah, yeah. Called Atemis. A-R-E-T-E-M-I-S. Look it up. She's a goddess. Supposed to be a goddess of protection and fertility. That's who they believe in. That's what Paul trying to say. Oh, the God that I'm talking about, it ain't that one. Yeah, yeah. The God I'm talking about, you couldn't make with your hand. Okay, don't worry about it. And, and first of all, why would I want a God I had to make? Come on now. Which means he can't be no better than I made him. Uh, he can't be no stronger than I am. He can't see no better. Because if I got bad vision, okay, don't worry about it. He can't be no stronger than me, no wiser than me, no taller than me. No, what? Why should I give my life and depend on a God that I made with my hands? But not me. The God I'm depending on. Which God are you talking about? Oh, if there's any question, the one that raised the dead. Because your God did. All right. Your God didn't raise the dead. Actually, your God at Baal's house, at his own house, couldn't even make fire rain down and consume the offering. My God showed up at your God's house. Okay. What God are you talking about? The God that raised the dead. The God, oh, hello, somebody. The God that's the author and the finisher of my faith. The God that's coming back to get his people. The God that keeps his promises. The God that's faithful. Woo! Yes, he is. Thank you, Lord. Yes, sir. But you will see more of his faithfulness in how he responds in your time of trouble. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Now I'm feeling sorry for the people on Facebook. Next point. Number one, I hope y'all write this down. In trouble, God is preparing you. Amen? In trouble, God wants us to depend on him. Point three, in trouble, uh oh, God wants to deliver you. He wants to deliver us. Doesn't it feel good to know that God wants to deliver us? Yeah. He wants to get us out. Pastor, what does it say there? First 10. Now watch this. Verse 8 was a list of Paul's problems, right? Verse 9 was the purpose for God, Paul's problems. <laughs> Verse 10 is the praises of Paul's God. Did y'all catch that? All right. Okay, let me, let me, let me go say it again. Write it down. Write it down under your points. Where it says, in trouble, God is preparing you, he's using Paul's problems. Yeah, yeah. Right? The next point where it says, in trouble, God wants you to depend on him. I mean, God wants us to depend on him. That's Paul revealing his problem's purpose, that his problem's got a purpose. Then on the next point, it says that in trouble, God wants to deliver us. Now we're going to read Paul's praises. Okay. 
Y'all don't see me. Verse 10. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. Okay, let me help you. The first one is an ED delivered, and the next one is an ER delivered. So he's saying that he delivered, that's the past, and he will, that's the present. He is saying right now, see, I'm just giving God praise for what he's already done, that's praises, and then what he already promised, that he'll never leave me. See, he kept his word. I'm praising him for keeping his word. That's delivered. But when y'all saying he will deliver, that's the fact that I know he'll keep his promise. Yeah. Why? Because I serve the God of the dead. The right. God that raised yeah. the dead. Yeah. The God of the living but not of the dead. Yeah. Yeah. Right here you'll see Paul giving God praise. Yeah. Watch this. Not only does he give him praise for the, he give him praise and then he reveals the promise, but watch this. On him we have set our hope. Okay. Whoa. Verse 8 and 9, Paul was trying to lift it off. But then he realized how insufficient he was, how he didn't have enough strength. He didn't even have enough hope because his hope was in him and his strength was in him. But it wasn't until he understood that this issue, this suffering, this affliction, this sickness, this trouble, this trial was designed to make me and encourage me. To depend on God and not myself. Yeah. So right here he turns around. So God, let me give you some praise. See, yeah. this is the praise break. This is the praise yeah. break in the middle of his lesson. The praise break is, hey, he delivered us. Yeah. He delivered us yeah. when I thought my life was over. He yeah. delivered us. Oh, he delivered. Oh, can I can I help somebody right now? Some people think it's just so bad that their life ain't gonna change. They basically saying my life is over. Why continue? Why go forward? It seems like I take two steps forward and nine steps back. It just keeps happening. But look at what Paul says. He says, on him we have set our hope that he would deliver us. Now let me pause. I want to thank God for my beautiful three-fifths over there. Three-fourths. I'm sorry, you more than that. You three-fourths, baby. We studied as a family all week. And she's been, I've been showing her how to interrogate the text. And so yesterday I said, read it again. We was reading, I said, read it again. She read, I said, read it again. She read, I said, read it again. She read, I said, read it again. Me, her, and Leah in there reading the scripture. And we're talking about it. And then she goes, oh, baby. A word jumped out to me. So I'm preaching it like it's mine, but it came through her, but it still came through the same God. I just want to give God credit for the woman he gave me. Wow. Now that she got it, I can get it and give it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She says that word in there right now, that's going to make everybody shout. If you, I don't know if you're sitting next to somebody, but you better get ready because it's about to be on. Don't drop no babies in here when you hear what I'm about to say. I said, what is it, Tamara? She said, again. That's it. Hallelujah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Y'all ain't in it. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you what this again is saying. Yeah. Yeah. Paul is saying, I know I'm going to go through something else. Oh, my goodness. I know another trial is headed my way. I know some more trouble is coming. I know the enemy's busy. I know the haters are on point. I know people want to see me fail. I know I'm a stumble. I know I'm a fall. But again, just like he showed up before, right here, Paul is promising that he know more suffering is coming. More trials are coming. But I want to tell you right now, Paul is saying that even though the depths of my suffering abound, it does 
not abound above grace. Yes, sir. You don't have a trial that can spin up all God's grace. Oh, can I help somebody today? If you got a trial that has that needs 50 graces, God says, I got that. If you got a trial, let's say it needs, it's a it's a hundredfold trial, God says, here goes some hundredfold grace. There is no trial, trouble, tribulation, suffering, affliction that you have that will outspend grace. God won't go broke helping you. In Romans it says, where sin abounds, you'll see that faith abound, and God's word will abound. His love will abound. He will always be sufficient. When you call that word again, doesn't just mean God gonna do it again. Yeah. It just means Paul is ready for his next trial. Yeah. Anybody in here? Thank you, God. I know ain't nobody welcoming trials. Yeah. And ain't nobody walking through looking for trouble. That's that, I ain't preaching that. That's food. <laughs> but if it comes, yeah, right now. I won't lose my cool. Oh, if it comes, I, yeah. I won't stop serving God. If it comes, I won't yeah. stop telling people about it. When it comes, I'm going to look for God to comfort me in the same yeah. comfort that he used to comfort me. Because he is the God of all comfort, I'm going to use to comfort you. So yeah. when you see me come out of it, I see you on your way in, I can tell you, hey, I've been through that too. But I yeah. didn't go through it without depending on God. And look at how I showed up. And he said, what you doing now? I'm waiting for my next trial. I'm living according to God's will, living according to God's plan. But I know God's will for me is to have some trials for me. And you think you came to church, I'm, uh, I'm coming to God because I'm tired of these trials. Yeah. My Lord. That's why so many people come and leave. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't want to preach about suffering. Because how do you think Jesus is going to suffer and you not? How do you think Jesus, who is flawless, blameless, and spotless, how he suffered all, but you don't supposed to suffer none. And you're guilty of sin. And you was born in the sin. You were, you couldn't get where you was until he died. But you didn't think you're not gonna have trouble. Amen, amen. The Bible promises us trouble. Yeah. But it also promises us a God that has a sufficient amount of faith, a sufficient amount of grace that can deliver us. Through all, I'm just trying to let you know today, whoever in here got stress, whoever in here in trouble, God is in trouble. Oh, if you got stress, God is in stress. Yeah, if you are disappointed, God is in disappointment. If you are um, um, about to give up, you suicidal, God is in it. Because he wants you out of it. He's not accompanying you, hoping you get no. God said, I can deliver you out of this. Call on me. Oh, that's your last point. Number one, in trouble, God is preparing us. In trouble... God wants us to depend on him. See, I'm, 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 I'm through. I'm out of here. In trouble, God wants to deliver us. Your last point is in trouble. I will let y'all read. God wants to hear from us. Hallelujah. Okay. I tried to drink the water to get y'all tired. I thought people was going to stand up and preach this. I thought a saved person was going to stand up and be like, yeah! God wants to hear from us. Verse 11. You also must help us by, okay, wait a minute. Why he didn't say you can help us by sending us something? All right. You can help us with something monetary. 
You can help us with something man-made. No, he's already let you know. I've learned in my struggles to depend on God. I've learned to follow him. So the way that you can help me is not physical. It's spiritual. Now watch this. He's praying. A, he wants them to pray a twofold prayer. See, one prayer, I was telling my wife, one prayer is the prayer of initial involvement. That's when we pray for God's direction before we do something. See, some of us just do it and hope God catch up. Well, God, I prayed this, and I'm going to move forward. Now tell me if you're okay with this. Well, why how you move forward when you don't know if you're okay with it? And that's what we do. We pray and hope God catch up. All right. But the text is letting us know there's two types. Yeah. First, we got to prayer, pray a prayer of what I call initial involvement, which means, God, I need you involved from the beginning. Yeah. Which means I'm not going to move until you tell However long I got to wait, something may pass me by, that's fine, but I'm not moving until you tell me to move. I need some initial yeah. involvement. But then he say, I need some injection involvement. Pastor, right. what's injection involvement? When something happens, even something that I didn't bring on myself, when trouble comes my way, stuff I don't see coming, stuff I may even deserve, stuff that has happened to me. Sick, I didn't wake up looking to be sick, but I am. I didn't wake up yeah. to have an enemy shooting at me, but they are. I didn't wake up to have people lying on me and gossiping on me and lying to me and all this type of stuff, but it happened. Yeah, yeah. So I need you to interject. Yeah. I need you to insert yourself in it and change the course. This is what he's saying. If we're going to continue to make it, yeah. you got to continue to pray. All right. We got to continue to involve God. If we are in trouble, God has to be involved. If we're going to be in trouble, God needs to be inserted. If we're going to be in trouble, God wants to be there with us. But we got to let him know that we know he did. And the way that you do that is prayer. When it says, cast all your cares upon him. Can I? I'm, I'm just doing what God put on my heart. Come here. Bring whatever you got in your hand. There you go. Amen. Let me get you to stand over here. What's your name, sweetheart? Sabrina. Y'all, this is Sabrina. Okay. <laughs> so, in the story, it's two people. Right. Sabrina and God. You know I can call up and let her be God. I'm God. <laughs> She's Sabrina. She's carrying her problems with her. And in the Bible it says, cast all your cares upon me. In the Bible it says, I'm putting you through these trials so you can depend on me, so you can call on me. I want to hear from you. So this is how it looks when we first do it. You're in so much trouble, you're holding your pain. Now God is here, what you do? You give it to me, right? This, this is what we do in church. This, this is what we do at home. God, I, I done gave it to you, good. I didn't release this thing. I didn't, I didn't, you know, and we we do like my friend Tanya say, come through Jesus, come through God. Yes, yes, we know, yes. Yes, time to come through. We coming through, right? We say that at home. Praying is easy. Waiting is hard. And in our time of wait, this is what we do. Come here again. Now she going, okay, well, God, I'm going to handle this. Yeah, yeah. But then it got real hard. Now, what you do? <laughs> oh, I like her. See y'all animated. You know what I'm saying? Then she get back. 
But she still hadn't got an answer. So what you come do? You still ain't got no answer, what you do? Okay, Ricardo. Okay, let me let me help you a little bit more, because this is important for me. This is a picture of what we really do spiritually. We don't pray and say, I done let this thing go. I done gave it over to God. You know, let go, let God. Let go. Yeah, it's a beautiful song, but it's hard to do. Yeah, and yeah. so we get it to God until we sin. You ain't worked this out yet, and, and you ain't said nothing yet. So, okay, let me see where you at, God. Let me see. You ain't changed nothing yet. Huh? There you go, and you give it back. And, and that's what we do. Well, let's see. Thank you. Look out. Put your hands yeah. This is where many of us are in God. Mm -hmm. yes, help us, God. Help us. We in trouble. But we not in trust. You either trust him or you don't. And to truly know your level of trust, watch this. The deeper the hurt, the deeper the trust. Yeah. The more it hurt, the more it's gonna take you to trust. Hello, somebody. Well, Pastor, how you gonna bring this home? Let me help you. We were in trouble. <laughs> And God is such a God that care about his people because we was in trouble. He said, I'm going to be in trouble too. Let me tell you why we was in trouble. Because we was covered with sin. Yeah, yeah. We had no way. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm through. I'm, I'm, I'm done. We had no way of getting back. Right. We have no way of Thank pleasing you. God. We were in trouble. Yeah. We were in sin. And so God says, you know what? I got to get in sin with them. Yeah. Because they're in trouble. So what he does is he loves us. Yeah. Yeah. So much that he sends his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in me should have eternal life. Whoever depends on me. Yeah, yeah. So what he does was he says that I'm that that, that that you're in so much trouble, I can't watch you from a oh my god, I can't watch you from a distance. Yeah. So what God does, come here, Jack, come here, come here. What God does is this, that he sees that we're in trouble. Something like that. He don't watch us from a distance. He comes and accompanies us, hoping that we would just call on him. He'll be as close as a brother. He'll be faithful as a friend. He, he says, I am here. Just call on me because I know you're in trouble. But God is so good. God is so good that he knew we could we were in no shape to call on him. We was in no shape to get better. So he sent his son. And what he did was, he says, I'm going to get in. And when he sent his son, he came on this earth. Wrapped in flesh. Perfectly human and all God at the same time. But what he did was, he says, I did not come so I can see you. I came so you can see me. I'm in this with you. Let your hearts not be troubled. I'm yeah. in this with you. And to show you how far I'll go to get you out. Oh my God. Have you ever thought the extents that God had to go through to get you out? Well, let me help you. He said, I had to die. I had to take these lashes on my back. I had to carry this cross. I had to be nailed to this cross. I had to be crucified in order to get you out of trouble. What trouble was I in? I was in trouble with God because I had no God. I was in trouble with God. Why? Because I was facing the wrath of God. So even in the Bible, it says that Jesus became our mediator. He became what was between 
us and God. See, Jesus didn't come to keep you off of God. Jesus came to keep God off of you because you was campaigning for his wrath and you was about to get a lift. But he came. And God set it up that the people hated him so much. And look at all he suffered. He said, let what I suffered be received by you and shared with others. So the same comfort I gave you, it should give them. Okay. And they was nailing into the cross. But then they made a mistake. They made a mistake. They made a mistake. They thought they was going to raise him up so they can humiliate him. They thought they was going to raise him up so they can put the sign up that says, here lies the king of the Jews. And they thought it was a part of the plan to humiliate Jesus. But the same thing they used to humiliate Jesus honored Jesus and they didn't even know. Because the Bible says that Jesus says that if I be lifted up, I will do what? If I lift it up? Draw. When he shows up in trouble and you depend on him, dependence have drawing power. He says, I'll show up for you. I'll be there for you. But let me tell you what else I'm going to do. I'm going to make a promise with you that you can see power that can't nobody else take credit for. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Actually, I got to go die. The shepherd has got to, the shepherd got to die and the sheep going to scatter. Is what he said about them. And then he says, but I'm going to die. Just like I said, according to the scriptures, Acts Isaiah, he told you about it. Then I'm going to be buried in a borrowed tomb. Why was he borrowed? First of all, he rolled a borrowed coat. Okay, how about I say it like this? If you want to see, if you want me to teach it to you, he came through in a borrowed womb. Okay. How about I say it like this? He came in an untouched one. Yeah, yeah. He rode an untouched coat. Yeah, yeah. And he was laid in an untouched tomb. Yeah, yes, sir. All of these he borrowed because none of them actually belonged to him. Yeah. But what he did was he said, I gotta show you my power. Yes, Let me show you who I am. Let me, let me show you who's going to be there for you. Let me show you who's going to die for you. Let me show you the extent of my love. Let me show you that I'm going to be with you, Tamar. I'm going to be with you, Leroy. Let me show you. And he said, and watch what's going to happen. They're going to kill me. I'm going to die. Oh, but let me help you. I got to let you know my power. Yeah. See, I'm excited. Yeah. He said, let me, let me let you know my power. Yeah. What's my power? That these people are not going to take my life. Because see, this was the time that a lamb was to be slain. And even though they wanted me to show up as a lion, I'm still a lion, but I'm all sheep. I had to come to sacrifice. When they killed me, they was actually doing it, according to the scripture. And no man took my life. I laid it down because you was in trouble. I laid it down because you were in sin. I laid it down because you had no God. I laid it down because you had no hope. I laid it down because you had no heaven. I laid it down because you had no way. I laid it down because you were in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Not only did I die, then when I die, I'm going to get up. Hallelujah. Not any day I'm going to get up. Not one day I'm going to get up. But when I die, count three, on that third day, I'm going to get up. Yeah. With all power in my and actually, not only am I gonna get up, I'm gonna let you see me. Meet me at Galilee. Oh, wow, yeah. hello somebody. I came in to tell you that we were in so much trouble that God sent his son. And you right now may be in so much trouble 
God is just saying, can you depend on me? I'm not going to stop the storm. Uh-oh. Yeah. I'm not going to stop the storm. Because it's the storm I'm using to develop you. Nothing tastes good half done but cookies, baby. <laughs> Nothing tastes good half done but cookies. You want God to pull you out so fast before he's through developing you. God, I'm ready to go. I've learned my lesson. He says, no, you haven't. It's almost like when you cook it. Every now and then, you got to look in the oven. And this is what grandma do. She will pull the cake out, sit it on the um. She will close the lid and close the oven real fast because she didn't want the heat to come out. She will sit the cake on the thing. But, you know, we only had a straw broom back then. So, yes, she would go and pick a straw off the broom. Then she would pick the floor part off so she wouldn't put it in the cake. And she would get it and she would dip it down into the cake. I said, what are you doing, Grandma? She says, I'm trying to see if it's done. I said, how can you tell if it's done? I said, it looks done. It looks right. It's puffy. It looks right. She said, just because it looks a certain way don't mean it is. Don't mean it's finished. I said, well, how can you tell? She says, if I pull it up and something sticks to it, it's not ready. Let me pause right here. See, God ain't through with some of you yet. Because every time he try to pull you up, too much stuff stick to you. Or what they said about you keeps sticking to you. How they looking at you keeps sticking to you. They ain't called me. It keeps sticking to you. They won't text me. It keeps sticking. They don't even let me know what's going on. They talking bad about me. They won't sing my song. That preacher won't check on me. All these things keep sticking to you. God may have to. That's good. Yeah. Put you back in. Yes, my God. You're not done yet. God is in trouble. He's not in trouble because he's done something wrong. He's in trouble because he loved the folks that's in trouble. And he wants to deliver us. He wants to prepare for us. He wants to hear from us. Thank you so much for allowing us to share the word of God with you today. If you would like to witness a live presentation of the word of God, Join us for Sunday morning worship at 1045 and Wednesday night at 6 p.m. for Life Lessons. We are located at 8805 Juella Avenue, Suite 121 in Shreveport, Louisiana. We pray the word you received was a blessing and an enhancement to your life. May God continue to bless you is our prayer. See you next time.